0: Hey, Adam Smolcomb here, lead pastor of Vibe Church. Welcome to our podcast. I pray that God will speak to you through the message today and that a greater level of faith would be unlocked in your life. God bless. Okay, Ephesians chapter 3, verse 7. And it says this by God's grace and mighty power. Nudge a person next to you and say, it's by God's grace and mighty power. This is Paul speaking, he says that I have been given the privilege of of serving Him by spreading the good news. Sometimes we tell ourselves it's not a privilege, but this is the ultimate privilege to share the good news with those around us. He says, though I am the least deserving of all God's people, anybody ever felt like that? He graciously gave me the privilege of telling the Gentiles about the endless treasures available to them in Christ Jesus. If there's endless treasures for the Gentiles, there is endless treasures for you tonight. And He says, I have chosen to explain to everyone this mysterious plan that God, the Creator of all things, had kept secret from the beginning. God's purpose was in all this to use the church, are you awake? Yes. Okay. God's purpose in all this was to use the church to display His wisdom in its rich variety to all the unseen rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. This was His eternal plan. It's not a you know, human plan, a human invention. No, the church is God's intention. This is His eternal plan, which He carried out through Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen, amen. Okay, let's pray. Okay, Father, we just thank You for Your Word. We treasure it. God, we ask that You would speak a fresh word to us tonight. If anyone here that heard this Word at the 10.30, God, give them fresh revelation right now. God, I thank You for everybody else in here that this is a Word in time, in season, a divine clarifying Word for them as they build Your house. And everybody said, Amen, Amen. Amen. Okay, now you can fist pump the person next to you. Do, you, do we fist pump in the 5pm? Is that too violent, too aggressive? No? High five them. You're looking good. Amazing, yes. <laughs> Getting some feedback. Okay, I, um, I have the amazing task tonight to unpack, you know, the first instalment of, um, you know, a word that I'm entitling, only the church. Okay, and so we're in a series, Only the Church, but I'm gonna talk to you tonight about Only the Church. Because something that my husband sort of touched on last week, he touched on and he said just like a throwaway phrase. When somebody, you know, does that and it hits your spirit and it sits there, it's usually God wanting you to marinate on it a little bit. And so when he said it last week and the words came off the platform, it hit me in my spirit and I was like, you're right, only has degrees to it. And it depends how you use only. Only has a tense to it. You can use only like in a disqualifying way, like I'm only young, like I only have limited resources, like I, I'm only single, or you can use only and you can put maybe God in front of it and change the tense of it altogether. And it could be like God only needs my yes, or God only needs my obedience, or God only needs me to use that one gift that I think is so significant, but He wants to use. And so I love that there are degrees to only. And I think that we, you know, I wanna locate you a little bit tonight because, you know, I think some of us get stuck at only. I gotta tell you, I've been doing this a really long time, but I still get stuck at only. But God, I'm I'm just, I've only got limited knowledge. God, I have such a desire for more wisdom and there's smarter people out there. Are you sure you want me to be doing this? Surely there's somebody better, I'm only. But you know what? Paul got this beautiful revelation that didn't keep him stuck in I only. And my job tonight is to get you unstuck if you find yourself located in but I only. I'm only the least of all God's people, Paul said. But then the follow on sentence is, but He graciously gave me the privilege of telling the Gentiles, there is a God grace that He has for you to, uh, to fulfil the assignment that is on your life. And so I just wanna be the living example of that tonight so that it gives you permission so that you will operate in power. There's another deeper facet of this that we wanna unpack for you in this series. And that is, what is it that we only? You see, because there's something different about the church. The church is a different body than every other body out there every other crowd, every other gathering. And so there is some things that only the church has been designed to do. And I wanna come around that tonight and I'm gonna be very practical. You'll find I'm a very practical preacher, okay. I give you stuff that you can take and you can work it and you can use it. And so we're gonna do that tonight because I find that, you know, many people approach the church as like only the church. Like it's only a couple people down the road. It's this, you know, insignificant thing. They can't do too much harm. They're fairly impotent, powerless. You know, this thing called the church. They're a bit archaic. They've got some old things that they believe. They're not really relevant for today. But I'm not gonna frame this message like that because I believe that there is a different emphasis for only the church. That only the church is God's people. That only the church has the power and the answers that the world needs for today. That only the church are the called out ones, the anointed ones that God is wanting to use. And so I'm just going to put a fire, I'm, I'm going to light a fire in your heart and your spirit tonight, and you're never going to be the same again because I believe that it is only the church. I'm going to do this um, by sort of unpacking a bit of an acronym for you tonight. Okay, and so Pastor Vance, he loves acronyms, (laughs) okay? He got really excited about that. I'm gonna unpack four points for you and they're gonna spell out only by the end of this message. But I wanna sort of challenge, before I get into that, I wanna challenge your concept and your idea of the church. Because you come in here, whether you realise it or not, with an ideal or an idea of what the church is. And sometimes we associate church with this, what this looks like, okay? We come down to the church to meet and gather at the 5 p.m. service. When we think of church, we think of an auditorium full of people. Or maybe we think of it on a device these days because there's online services happening. And what I wanna highlight to you is that there's many platforms for, for the church to gather. Okay, there's physical platforms, there is um, techn- technological platforms, digital platforms. Thanks for helping me preach. And so, and so there's all these different platforms, but that is not essentially the church. The church is the people, the people of God. It is the people who follow Jesus of every tribe, of every nation, of every tongue, who honour Him and call Him Lord. And this there was a beginning for the church. Come on, help me preach tonight, Vox Jen. When did the church start? Acts, Acts chapter two in Pentecost, didn't it? There was 120 people praying in an upper room and the church was birthed in Jerusalem. Let me tell you that 120 people spilled out into the streets, empowered by the Holy Spirit and the church was birthed and it has not stopped since. It has been a force to be reckoned with in the earth. And you've got Paul here, and Paul in this letter to the Ephesians, he gets this special assignment to establish local churches and local assemblies for them. And, and here he is, he's unpacking in this letter this beautiful anointing that he has to build the church. And you see, I highlight this to you because you know when we look at Him, sometimes you know, He would write letters to confront things in the church or to challenge heresy in the church. But in this letter, He is encouraging them. And it comes from a belief that He believes that these are the only people, the only body that, like, that matter in the earth, that there is an assignment for them to accomplish. And so I love this because I'm gonna just take upon that and just build for you some, and elevate maybe some of your ideas and ideals of what the church is. I'm gonna confront some of those things, okay? Because that's what I do. And you know, when you're confronted in Vive Church, you get to change your mind about some stuff. Okay, so I, I dare you, change your mind about some things. Okay, the first thing that the church is, it is one body. And it's not just any body, it is Christ's body, okay? And so the church is not only a social gathering. I know you all love to come down here and you have a social, you know, you like to get on with each other and that's awesome. But you know, the church is not only a Sunday meetup, I don't know how you found Vive Church, some people have found us on Yelp and the most random things, but it is more than a Sunday meetup. The church is not only an organisation, it is not only a community of friends because we have nothing else to do and we're so bored with our lives. No, the church is much more than that. The church is the body that exists as a contrast society that has been commissioned by Christ Himself in the power of the Holy Spirit to carry forth the mission and the message of God. What do I even mean by that? I mean that we are in the world and that we are for the world, but we are not of the world there is something distinctly different about us. And I wanna unpack this a little bit more for you because this year I became an American citizen, okay? I don't let the Aussie accent fool you. This is my homeland, America, okay? I love America, I'm all about it. You know, um, I, I found out though I had to travel really quickly at the beginning of this year. And do you know what they do? When you get your American citizenship, they make you send away your birth certificate, your original birth certificate, your original marriage certificate, then your acceptance, you know, like the thing they give you at the the citizenship certificate. Okay, and you send it all off into the mail and you're like, please send it back to me. And then they didn't send it back to me. I didn't get my passport yet and I had to travel to Australia. So it meant that I was on the phone to, you know, the American embassy in Australia, trying to work out how I could travel. Now, cause I'm super risky, I ended up traveling without an American passport, praying that they would let me back into the country. <laughs> And you should have seen me as this like, I'm an honest person, okay? So I'm standing at the gate trying to get back into America and trying to explain this extravagant situation because it was a public holiday and you you all had the embassy closed in Australia. <laughs> there was all these dramas and things and this officer is like, ma'am, you know, actually he called me miss. They call me ma'am when my husband's with me, but I am miss when he's not with me. <laughs> I must, you know, get younger, you know? but 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 and then then I had to go back and be detained but you know and they they were like hey do you want to denounce your American citizenship I was like no it's taken me 10 years to become an American citizen Um, and we sorted it all out and they let me back in they said welcome home and I was like I love America and so I say all of that because you know I had to learn the hard way that America has embassies all around the world And you see the thing about this is that we have an embassy in every major recognised country uh, and what it is, is it's um, a little bit of America a long way from home, okay? And so it's where the laws of America rule, okay? And so what we need to understand about an embassy is it is a sovereign territory. And so they do not belong to the country that they are in, they belong to the country that they are from. And so if you get in trouble in another country, you wanna run as fast as you can across the gates of that American embassy because the moment that you do, the laws of America kick in and not the laws of the country that that embassy is in. And I say this to you tonight because I want you to have a very clear understanding that God has an embassy in history and it is called the church. And you see, the church is His embassy, His place, where we bring the values of the homeland into foreign territory. Because if you call yourself a son or a daughter of the Most High King, then you are a citizen of heaven. And that means that this is foreign territory for you. And so, The church is not to represent the country it is in, it is to represent the country it is from. And so the purpose of the church is to represent heaven in history. And I say this because sometimes when we look around and we see that the church is resembling so much of the culture around us. And when the church stops being the church, then we shouldn't be surprised that when the culture deteriorates around us, that happens because God doesn't have an embassy that He can count on. And I say this because we don't need to be weak and powerless or on the back foot as the church because we know who we are, right? We are Vive Church. And Vive Church isn't ambiguous about her mission. I didn't leave everything I had in Australia to come plan a church in America because I thought it was only the church. No, I understood. And we put up on the walls of our building outside so you can see them the mission statement of Vive Church. It is to create an embassy of heaven here on earth to awaken people to the reality of Jesus and bring heaven to earth. And you know why it's so important that you get this because when people push those embassy doors open in South Valley, or maybe in Oakland, or maybe in SF, or maybe in Mountain View, or maybe in San Jose, and they step into our VIVE spaces, let me tell you, the the laws of heaven begin to kick in and they begin to come into a space where they can have freedom, where there is power for them, where the world maybe had them locked up in sin and they were dead in their trespasses. But here in the house of God, there is a freedom. There is a power in Jesus Christ to set them free. That is why the church is so important. That is why we do what we do here at Vive Church. And I want you to understand this because the church isn't just, you know, me and Pastor Adam or me and Pastor Adam and Vive worship. The church is you. It's so important that what we are building, we understand the power of what we are building. I wonder if we would invite people differently, if we remembered what it was like when we stepped into the house of God. I wonder if it wouldn't be just like, oh, just only come to my church. No, this is the only place you need to be at 5 p.m. on a Sunday night where your life is gonna be lit up for Jesus, where you're gonna be changed forever, where you're gonna find power that you can't find out there in the world. And so the second thing that you need to understand the church is it is a nurturing body. And I actually love this point because The church nurtures you into your true identity as citizens of heaven. It's not only a house that you just visit flippantly or just come hang out in every now and again or just have a drop by or a drive by or a pick me up or I'm coming to church today because I just feel bad about myself and I just need to have a moment where God can just clear my conscience and I can just have an experience. It is much more than that. This is a family. This is a family, a nurturing body that takes you and, and from the brokenhearted and makes you whole again. And so I remember I have a love for the house of God experientially. I don't just love the house of God in theory. I love this place because this place is the place that set me free. You see, when I walked in here broken, when I walked in here sick emotionally and, and, you know, even physically and even mentally, that there were elements that I was not thinking right or acting right. When I felt lonely, when I felt rejected, when there was victimisation on me, I walked into the church and you know what she did as a nurturing body? She embraced me. She took me in and she mothered me into maturity. She provided. Opportunities for transformative growth for me. And you see, you know, when I think about that, I think, how did she do that? Well, it was very practical. I was invited to Next Steps classes. I was invited to, you know, Freedom in Christ classes. And I would come along to those and I would find that God would heal my sick heart and He would restore my mind and He would give me thoughts that were higher than my thoughts. And there was transformation that took place. I, I found that when I was lonely, you know what Jesus does? He, he doesn't just, you don't get Jesus when you get saved, you get Jesus and the church because He sets the lonely in families. And so I was brought into this beautiful family in midweeks and in groups. And actually for me, it was the youth ministry. And I loved the youth ministry, let me tell you. And then, you know, for, for me, it was like sitting under the preaching you know, to be able to sit under the Word of God. And you know, the, the world speaks so much hate speech. But then to be able to sit under a Word that builds you under preaching that an instruction that builds your life and puts your life back together, I found that I was accepted in Christ and, and I found that that was the only acceptance I needed. I didn't need to be accepted by my peers. I didn't need to be accepted and to be popular in the world. I only needed to be accepted by Jesus. And then I found that, you know, I became an overcomer by coming and, and getting myself on all of these altar calls. I I was on, I was a hot mess, guys. I was on every single altar call for like two years. I'm not even joking, like, like bawling, like snot, like everything. And while God restored me and it was just a beautiful place to be ministered to and to be prayed for. I love this house, the church, because it is a nurturing body. You need a nurturing body to learn how to forgive. There are going to be people that are going to offend you in church life. I know some of you are like, the church, a nurturing body, that's the place that hurt me. No, somebody in the church hurt you. There was imperfect people in the church that hurt you. But in a family, in a healthy family, when you stick in it, there are moments of healing, there are opportunities to forgive. There are moments where grace can be poured out on one another, where real love can be had, where you stick around and real love is commitment, where you learn how to pray, where you learn to be faithful when you don't wanna be faithful, when you learn how to be committed, when it's hard to be committed. And so this was the place that matured me. And I love this because I am a mother. So I understand what it is to be a maturer of my children. And, you know, I find that, you know, I don't give my children. One of my daughters came home this week and I didn't give her everything she wanted. I gave her everything she needed. I nourished her body. I helped her to get better. She wasn't feeling well. And so that's what a mother does. She makes sure that she is honest. Mothers are honest. Okay, at least I am. I don't know if there's any other honest mothers in here, but I am an honest mother, okay? (laughs) Just ask my children, I tell them the whole truth and nothing but the truth. (laughs) And so help them, God, please pray for them because they have mommy telling them. But you know, I say that because This whole idea and concept, even in parenting today, of nurture, the nature of nurture, okay? It's not about coddling you. It's not about telling you and tickling your ears and preaching a message to you that's gonna make you feel better, okay? This is about correspondence. I am going to prepare my children so that they can be, you can, they can survive well out there in the world. And actually, the Greek word in, of of this thing called nurturing involves educational feeding and instruction. So. My children, I found over the years that every time you send them off to preschool or every time you send them off to school, they come home and then they have all these, you know, personalities and things that the world wants to clothe them in. And they come back to you and they want to be all these things. Okay, my kids mostly wanted to be princesses, but one of them wanted to be a rat like all the time. We had this Lycra suit. and and mouse ears, it was the cutest thing ever. I think somebody was in like a, you know, the Nutcracker And it was like a ballet costume, but it had become the costume in our house. And so every evening, I would have to go to my children and I would begin to, you know, take pieces of the world literally off them. And I would be like, hey, let's talk about who you really are. You're not a rat in society. You are a child of the Most High God. You are better than that. I would feed them. I would bathe them. I would restore them. And you know what? That's what the church does. She gives truthful instruction because truthful instruction is love. It is not hate. It is not hate speech. We have to keep truth in the conversation. Jesus said Himself, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free because without the truth, there is no freedom. And this is the agent, the church is the living agent that God is still funneling and channeling the truth of your origin, the truth of who you truly are, the truth about your freedom. And it is only the church then, because we are the only ones with the truth that has the power to set the captives free, that has the power to see (laughs) the demon possessed, loosed, that has the power to see people come in and de-transition from the lies that the world has made them believe. And so the body of, of Christ, this beautiful thing called the nurturing body is a foretaste of the healing that we will have in its fullness. And I just think it's so interesting because people will say to me all the time, oh, I love Jesus, just not the church. And I, I'm, I, that's so anti-biblical and untheological. Unthe- if God is your Father, then you need to allow the church to be your mother. She has been part of His plan to raise you, disciple you, clean you up, restore you so that you will be everything that God has called you to be. Yes, amen, me. Okay. <laughs> that's right. The third thing that the, the church only is, it is a legislative body, spiritually. Okay, and I want you to understand this because in Jesus' day, when he said in Matthew chapter 16, verse 18, I will build my church, he didn't use a Christian term. He used the word ecclesia. Now, ecclesia was something used in that day, it was a term to describe a group of people who were called out from the general population to serve in a government capacity. You need to understand that the ecclesia was a governing body. With making laws that would benefit the community. Now, this thing was pretty flawed and it would end up making laws that would persecute the church, but you understand the notion of what I'm saying. So, in the midst of a world that is filled with sin and corruption and pain and death, God has placed an ecclesia, a group of people, a called out people from the world to be different, to make a difference, to transform the world through through the execution of God's agenda. Because we understand that the enemy has an agenda today. And our job as the church is to say, we see your agenda, but we are gonna keep God's agenda for our generation on the table. We are not going to just allow you to have a field day. We are gonna continue to speak up. We are gonna be that professing, protesting society. You see, the thing that about the church is she is prophetic. So she has to speak to the things of today, okay? So she lives as a protesting society to the demonic powers and unjust structures of the world. You see, as sometimes we think that when we come to church, God should bless our genders, You know, the church should be here to support my gifting or my ministry or my thing that I'm doing. No, the church is here and and you come into this place so that you can get on agenda with God's agenda (laughs) for humanity, that we can be carriers of the King's agenda and we fulfil it. Okay. All right. Moving on to the fourth one. Um, The fourth thing that the church only is, is your body, because He wants to use you. The church is you mobilized. Matthew chapter 16, verse 19, it says, And I will give you, nudge the person next to you, say, She's talking to you. Because he will give you the keys of the kingdom. Whatever you forbid on earth will be forbidden in heaven, and whatever you permit on earth will be permitted in heaven. I gotta tell you something that the church is not just a worship experience, okay? Sometimes we, you know, we come into church and we think, you know, like uh, my job isn't to make you a really cute, like sit in the pew Christian. Like, you know, when you come to church and, and you like learn how to worship, you know, when you first come in, you can't even clap in time. We know all the new people, okay, because <laughs> you don't know how to clap in time, but then, you know, all of a sudden you get really cool with your clapping and cool with your moving and everything. And I have zero desire to make you just like a really cute, you know, pew sitter at Vive Church. You, like the church is more than a worship experience. It is more than a concert. It is more than an immersive experience. Yeah. It's more than a pitch perfect, you know, you know, moment where you can just like come in and you can find your seat. And you will have favourite seats. I know you all sit in your own favourite places. The church is so much more than that. The church isn't here to entertain you. The church isn't here to, to, to for you to come to and have an immersive experience. The church is here to empower you. Our job is not to impress you with wonderful productions. Our job is to empower you. And so I'm just getting all up in your face tonight because, yeah, because God wants to use you. It's not just about, oh, the, the people that you see up here on this platform. God wants to empower His body for today. He wants His church to be alive, on fire, with the power of the Holy Spirit for today. You know, the most important platform you have is your conversations with your friends at school. It is, is the conversations you have in, in the coffee shop with your barista that will one day eventually be your youth pastor. Like, those are the... Those are the conversations that matter and God is wanting to use you as the church and I just sense that there is this beautiful sense of the Holy Spirit right now where you're hungry for it. Where you're like, I've been tired of being a pew sitter. You know, for far too long I have perceived the church to be something that it is not and I've been disappointed with what it is because I had the wrong perception of what it is. You know, I said to one of my staff members this week who happens to be sitting on the front row, I said, how do you perceive me? And it was a trick question. Cause I knew the answer that he would give me was how he received me. And I wanted to know how he was receiving me. Don't worry, the answer was really great. But I wanna ask you today, how do you perceive the church? Because how you have perceiving her is how you are probably receiving her. she is not impotent and she is not powerless. She has power, power to transform your life, power to empower you to be all that God has created you to be. You're in a place and a house of transformation when you're in this space. You were never meant to approach the church from a comfortable vantage point. If you feel challenged every time you come to Vive Church, then you are in the best church ever we must be doing the right thing. Because the mission and the mandate on the church given by Jesus is to go and make disciples. Baptise them in the Name of the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit. And then unleash them to go do the same. And so that's exactly what I'm gonna do today. I want you to stand to your feet because I believe that we can do that tonight. I wanna empower you. I want to unlock some giftings that maybe have been locked up, stored up inside of you. I love how Paul, you know, used himself as an example. He said, I didn't deserve any of this. I wasn't saved because I had some great oratory gifting. I wasn't saved because, you know, God needed to use my mouth. No, God saved him by grace. And God uses every single one of us by his grace. It's not because I got a super amazing gifting, I was never always good at this. I don't, I still think I got a ways to go, if I'm really honest with you. But I am obedient to Jesus. And he says, you know what? I'm just want you, I'm calling you in by my grace, but I am gonna give you an assignment. And you see, when you come into relationship with Jesus, each of us get an assignment from heaven. For Paul, it was the Gentiles. He had an opportunity to reach that people group and he did a brilliant job of it. But I would say to you today that there is an assignment for you, that heaven has for you, and that God is wanting to release you in. And you might be afraid of it, and you might be looking at it and going, "But." Really only me? How could only I do this? And God is saying, by my spirit, by my spirit says the Lord. Paul said, But God gave me the power. And you know, when He talks about this power, it ain't just any power. This is dunamis power. This is dynamic power. This is explosive power. This is the kind of power, the same power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead. He's gonna give you resurrection power so that you can use the gift that God has given you. And so I'm gonna pray for you tonight. I'm gonna pray for... Actually, I just wanna, I wanna pray for you if you're like, yeah, I need that empowerment from heaven. Because actually my main goal tonight is to mobilise the church. My, I wanna get you moving. And sometimes you think, well, how do you receive power? You receive it three ways, okay? You receive it through prayer ask the Holy Spirit to come into your life, Jesus to come into your life. When you do that, the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you have the Holy Spirit in you. And it is only through the Holy Spirit that you have any power at all. It's resurrection power. Then the second thing you do is you read your Word because when you read your Word, you get a revelation. You begin to perceive the power you possess. And there's too many Christians who don't know the power they possess. So they behave underemployed in the Kingdom. They, they take the back seat and they recline and they let other people do things and they disqualify themselves. But that is not what you are gonna do tonight. The other thing is that, that we begin to step, okay? We need to understand that God has already done everything. He is seated in Heaven. He has done everything that He needs to do. He has released and unlocked gifting and anointing for the people of God for today. And He wants you to come down here and get it. So I'm asking you today, if you need the empowerment of the Holy Spirit, if you want unlocking of new giftings on your life, if you're saying, I just need to step out, I just need to step up, I want you to begin to move out of your seat right now. And I'm gonna begin to pray for you down here. So why don't you do that? Just begin to move. Just begin to move. You're like, I just need the Holy Spirit. I need the Holy Spirit empowerment on my life. I'm gonna pray that the Holy Spirit fills you. I'm going to pray that you get the gift of tongues. I'm gonna pray that you begin to use the strength of your gifting and anointing. Thank You, Jesus. Thank You, Jesus. Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, You know these individuals intimately. You are the giver of gifts. And I thank You that You assign them gifts of wisdom, gifts of knowledge, gifts of understanding, gifts of being able to speak, gifts of being able to help. There's a gift of helps, of service, of hospitality. There's gifts that You are giving them to build your house, And on the back of this, you're gonna give them assignments. I thank You that You are unlocking assignments in Your house for Your people. But God, I pray that You would fill them right now. Fill them right now from the top of their head to the soles of their feet. Fill them with Your presence, Your anointing, Your anointing, Your fire, Your consuming fire. Hey, I hope you were blessed by that message. We release new content every single week here at Vibe Church. And so if you don't want to miss any of it, I would encourage you go ahead and subscribe. Also visit our website, vivechurch.org, to stay up to date with everything that's happening in the life of Vive Church. God bless you.